0: Welcome to the Real Relationship Toolbox Podcast with hosts and Marriage Service Technicians Cliff and Andrea Riley. The Rileys are TV hosts, life coaches, trauma healing facilitators, relationship instructors, biblical counselors, authors, bloggers, and licensed ministers. They have a passion for marriages and families that was birthed from the struggles they faced during their early years together. Their mission is to equip relationships with tools to go the distance. One of the couple's greatest desires is to use the wisdom gained throughout the years to help guide, instruct, and heal relationships. This dynamic duo is open, honest, and transparent as they share their insights. Cliff and Andrea have been married for 29 years and are blessed with four children, nine grandchildren, and one great-grandchild. Today's podcast is sponsored by the Marriage Service Technicians, hashtag MST30 Day Challenge. Cliff and Andrea Riley invite you along on a month long adventure. Join the journey towards transformation. In four weeks or less, discover the secret to a fine tuned relationship that runs like a well oiled machine. Our Jumpstart program will get your engines running and give you turn by turn directions to your destination. Take the hashtag mst 30 Day Challenge. Come along for a ride that will change your life. Are you up to the challenge? Visit us at TheMarriageText.com forward slash challenge.
1: This is The Real Relationship Toolbox, podcast number two, the Road to Recovery series. Episode one, release and reconnect. I'm Andrea Riley. And I'm Cliff Riley. And we're the marriage service technicians. Our mission is to equip relationships with tools to go the distance. Thanks for joining us.
2: So sweetheart, we've been talking about the road to recovery for a minute now.
1: You're right, we started back in 2017 with an eight week Facebook live series.
2: Exactly, and of course, the notes from those sessions became the outline for our upcoming book. I am really looking forward to releasing that project. Me too, it's
1: been like the domino effect after that. Yes, from Facebook Live, which inspired a book
2: project, which in turn spurred two episodes of our TV show. And we should have let our listeners know that today's guests were originally interviewed for television.
1: Yeah, and it was really rich. But since we couldn't fit the whole conversation into a 30-minute spot, we came up with one of our brilliant ideas. That the interview was the perfect length for a podcast. So... Here we are with the uncut version of the interview for today's show. That worked out perfectly, didn't it? It did, but one question though. What's that? For the record, can we clarify for the listeners who the brilliant one is? Okay, so how about we just keep them guessing?
2: Hmm,
1: I'm sure they'll figure it out. So, moving forward, let's dive right in. James and Gina Coleman have been married for 37 years. They have three beautiful children, and five precious grandchildren. They passed the Restoration Worship Center in Sicklyville, New Jersey. Pastor Gina is multi-talented. She's a dancer, a choreographer, a vocalist, and an interior designer. Now she leads a women's ministry and she has two YouTube channels. Pastor James is multi-faceted as well. He's a photographer, a videographer, a singer, and he's produced Christian TV shows. They both minister in prisons and shelters, and they've ministered internationally in Trinidad, Uganda, Jamaica, Zambia, Suriname, and in Canada. And we've known the Coleman for many, many years. And two things we know about them is that they have a heart to serve others, and they love the Lord. Hello, James and Gina. Thank you so much for joining us.
3: Hello. Hello. Glad to be here.
1: You recently celebrated your 37th wedding anniversary. Congratulations on making it that far. Thank Thank you very much.
0: Thank you very much.
1: (laughs) Now, you made quite a buzz on social media after posting your quarantine anniversary photos.
4: Yeah, yeah. People seem to like what what we decided to do. (laughs) Well, I did it. He just showed up. Yeah, she did it. I just showed up.
3: Normally, we do something. We go out to a nice restaurant or, or go somewhere. But because of the quarantine, um, she actually thought outside the box and we still wanted to celebrate. So she came up with that idea and it was a great idea. I'm just glad she thought of it because I, I didn't know what to do. <laughs>
2: Somebody out there looking at these photos and thinking, wow, look how happy they are. They are still in love after 37 years. how do they do it? James and Gina, we've known you at least for 25 years. So we know it hasn't been a smooth ride the whole time and that you've experienced some bumps and bruises along the road, like the rest of us. Would you speak to a time that you had to release or forgive along the way?
4: Which one? Oh, <laughs> let's see.
3: <laughs> 37 years gives a lot of examples.
4: I think the biggest one for me was probably adultery. Just because that was like, personally against me. It attacked my well-being as far as security and who I am as a woman or whatever. And it took me a long time. I can't say that it was overnight. It probably took me, I don't know, a lot of years to actually really let go and really realize that it really wasn't anything bad about me that caused it to happen. So um, yeah, I'm glad we got past that. Because it came up in many, 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 many arguments. And it caused me to look at myself kind of crazy different times and to compare myself to other women. And it didn't matter what he said. I would always still look at myself as being not so great because of the adultery that happened. And it happened early on in the relationship, like um, maybe six months into the relationship. But uh, I'm still here. So we over that (laughs) part. Wow.
1: That's a blessing because many people don't even survive that.
4: So what can
1: you tell the audience if they face something similar? Like, what can you share to tell them how they can get past it? Like, what kind of pointers can you both give?
4: What I think that um, we always knew about each other, in spite of the craziness, we really, genuinely loved each other. I believe that that's what held us together along with the prayers of people and you know Jesus just helping us along the way. I really do believe that that was it that we really genuinely loved each other and did not want to be apart even though I kept saying I'm leaving. But <laughs> I think Andrea can attest to at least one time. <laughs> but um yeah, I think we genuinely loved each other. For sure. Yeah.
2: That's awesome. Now that we heard you, Gina, thank you so much for sharing that. James, when you were going through the the whole process of recovery, how did you feel when all this was going on?
3: Actually, we were like as she said, it was kind of early on so we were still pretty young. At least for me, I wasn't good at relationships. I um was pretty selfish and at this point, you look to your parents' marriage, you look to your parents' friends' marriage and kind of see how things go. And really kind of base your expectations on that and what you believe that the husband is supposed to do and a wife is supposed to do. So I think going into marriage with some pretty unrealistic expectations from myself based upon just the environment that I was raised in and my own family and, you know, kind of the friends, you know, aunts and uncles and friends of my, of my parents. So my expectation was was delusional. And so I didn't enter into the marriage, I think, with a good frame of mind, a good understanding of what a husband was supposed to be and what he was supposed to do. And so that kind of carried over into early the early stages of our of our marriage. I, I really didn't understand what I was doing and how to do it. I was just kind of planted by ear and based upon some uh, experiences from before. But I wasn't good at relationships and I wasn't good at feeling what the empathy, being empathetic and and trying to feel what she what she felt and what it meant to her, where I've had the ability to kind of not necessarily um, conquer the thing, but to move past some things and move on. And I just kind of moved on and moved past the thing with the expectation that time would essentially heal that wound, which is what most people expect. But I didn't understand the intensity of that um, breach in a relationship and what it meant to her. And, you know, these things that she experienced growing up and she had her own kind of insecurities and things going on from from growing up. And it really just magnified those and didn't necessarily help those things. So she has her own issues. I had my own issues. So we really were, as I said, we were young and it really didn't go too great. But as, as she said, we did love each other despite how young we were. So I tried to help her. I tried to make things better, but I didn't really know what I was doing there either. So <laughs> I did the best that I could. And I, I did what I knew, which wasn't much. And in some instances, it helped. In some instances, it didn't. And I think part of the fact that it kind of lingered a little bit was that I was unclear as to what I needed to do to make the situation better. I just thought that we said we loved each other. We would stay together. We would move on. That um, that would kind of resolve some things, but it didn't. It resolved some things, but not everything.
2: Okay. So thank you for sharing that James. Well, let
1: me ask you this. That was 36 and a half years ago, and you know, of course, hindsight is 2020. But looking from where you are now, 36 and a half years later, like what could you tell someone that might be in the same position, coming into a marriage, not having a good role model or a good example to follow? But now that you are that type of role model and you are an example for other people to follow, both of you are what can you say that you wish you knew back then that you know now and then maybe things might have gone better like what kind of pointers can you give
3: i would think one thing is preparation is key right i we were young so i did, not that i took marriage lightly but i wasn't well versed in what it entailed so My advice would be to not to rush into it, to have a complete understanding of the position of the husband and the wife and know what your responsibilities are and know what the expectations are and have some serious conversations with each other about those expectations Go both ways so that it doesn't create problems later on and understanding what the roles are, explain to each other what you perceive your role is. And then the other person can explain what they think the roles are. And then if there's any disparity that needs to be worked out and it needs to be addressed before you move forward, because if the roles and the responsibilities, if there's some confusion there, then surely it'll create some confusion later on. So it's not something to be rushed into because marriage is supposed to be forever. So unfortunately today it's for a lot of people, it's only for a week or two. So 37 years, while it's, um, kind of a great feat, it's really, it should be the norm. It should, you know, 30 and 40 and 50 years should be the norm. It shouldn't be the exception to the rule. It should be the norm. So the, the expectation, I think now some people go into marriage, not with the expectation of it lasting 40 and 50 and 60 years. So, Um, They rush into it because they're ill-prepared and um, the roles and responsibilities and the way they expect the household to be run and the household things to to teach the kids and what not to, to teach the kids. I think all that needs to be worked out ahead of time so the friction later on can be eliminated.
4: I think counseling is really important. We didn't receive our first counseling until like 10 or 11 years into the marriage we had already had a whole bunch of stuff happening by that time. And that's really important to get before somebody and help them to direct you in the way that you should go. Counsel is so important. It really is. Or some really good friends that know how to counsel. <laughs> that That's good, too, because I think that if if we had some counsel before you know, real counsel, like they do now before weddings, we would maybe would have had those same problems, but know how to handle them better. We handled the problems, how we knew how to handle them and the way we handled it wasn't right. So I would tell people to get some counsel. And if they're born again, I would tell them, pray. You're going to have to pray. (laughs) This is what to help you get through it. You're going to have to pray to get through it. Yes, definitely. And not just pray, but obey what the Holy Spirit is saying to you.
2: Well, James and Gina, as you know, premarital counseling is one of the services we offer.
1: Yeah, we love getting them before they do all that damage to each other.
2: (laughs) That's right.
1: So, James and Gina, we were really, really excited to hear about your recent commitment that you made surrounding prayer. Yes. Now, would you tell us all about it?
4: Yes, I will. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we were praying together. But I believe initially we were praying together out of duty because that's what the Lord said to do. I had tried to get um, my husband to pray a long time ago and He would do it sometimes, sometimes he wouldn't. And the Lord told us like three times, pray together, pray together. I don't care how you feel, pray together. And we did it, but it felt like work. So we had an argument and I went to him and I said, can you commit to praying with me for 30 days? Can can you just really do that? Because the Lord said, pray. And from that moment, he said, yeah, I can commit. (laughs) But from the first time that we prayed, it felt much better. And I don't want to cry because that's what I do, but I'm going to cry. Um, It felt much better than any time we've ever prayed before. It was easier. It was the timing of God, even though he had said to pray many, many times, we just had the time to do it. And our hearts, I believe our hearts was right, not to just to pray, but they were right towards God they were right towards the Lord. And it's been easy. And even in the prayer, um, we've shared some things with each other about each other that we have shared outside the prayer. (laughs) And it didn't go so well. Like He's like, don't tell me about myself. But in that prayer, it was easier to point out each other's weaknesses that would cause a problem in the relationship. And it's it's been wonderful. I give God praise. It really has been wonderful. even to the point now I'm like, honey, we can't miss prayer now no, we're not gonna give the devil you know a crack so he could come in and try to you know create havoc again. so it was out of that thirty day you know commitment I asked him for and it's just been really great and our lives is just really switched. I told him, I said, you know, you, you're different. You're, you're changed. Like he's super nice. He's always been nice, but he's super nice. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, I asked him, you know, I see you're changing, but what's happening? You know, how? And he said, the Lord reminded him of what he preached, which is do your part. Take it away,
3: honey. <laughs> Amen. And as as Pastor Gina said, I th- it was just a different time and a new season. Despite us praying together for years, it's just there was something different about this particular time. It was a new season in our lives. It was a new and different situation. And, and I thank God. It was a place that God had been leading us to for quite some time. So, we, as she said, we did pray together. But when we started this 30 day commitment, it just seemed different. And it seemed like it was foreordained and it was something that we've been waiting for or God has been waiting for us to do um, for quite some time. And God was standing there waiting for us to finally realize that, look, you need to get right and you need to have the right heart and the right mindset when you come together to pray and great things will occur. And as she said, I had preached on many occasions about people needed, needing to do their part, and God will surely do his part, but we need to do our part, and, we, and that's the part that we usually get wrong, is we st- sit back and stand back and wait for God to do everything, and we choose to do nothing. Uh-huh. So he reminded me of wow. that, so there was wasn't much that I could say when he reminds me of my own words, right? Just like when we remind God of his own word, we expect him to honor it. So when he reminded me of my word, I had no choice but to honor it.
2: Now, James, I hear Pastor Gina saying how you have changed. Have you seen any change in her?
3: I have. I think she is a little more receptive than she were before, a little more open to conversation and just some points that I may want to bring up that, hey, I'm not in this particular area. Maybe your tone is a little harsh or in this particular area. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm. this is how I feel when you say this, um, where maybe in the past it was things that weren't received. But now I think that she's in a position to receive and understand that I'm not necessarily attacking her. I just think that we need, there's some things that just need to be addressed and need to be worked on. And it's a continual process for all of us. So whether you're you know, been saved four days, four months, four years or 40 years, you're still in the midst of that process. And there's still some things in your life that need to be addressed and need to be changed. But if no one can come to you and say anything to you, then the things will never really get addressed because God's going to have some people use some people to come to you to say some things that will probably initially offend you. But then when you take the time to sit back and look at it, And evaluate it, and the Holy Spirit speaks to you, then you realize that, well, this is for my own benefit, and I should have been listening, and I shouldn't respond this particular way. I need to react differently, and I need to be open to what people say, because the the Lord could be speaking through these people.
1: It seems like what I hear from both of you is that when you began praying together, you each dropped your defenses, and you became more vulnerable, and you became more open. Is that what I'm hearing? That's something that that we can concur with. Things that we can say to each other in prayer, but at another time, it just might not be received. It's almost like you're praying with someone and you see them at their most vulnerable time. And when they're talking to God and you hear what they're praying and what they're saying to God, I mean, that's, that's very, very intimate. And it's like, if you're really sincere and you're ready, And your hearts are ready. And so when you go to God, you're not coming with any pretenses. And you're not coming with any excuses. That's the time you're saying, this is the one who can help me. And he knows. I don't have to put up a facade. I mean, well, that's how I feel. So when you're at your most vulnerable and you're coming with humility, that's the word. Humility. That's what I'm actually hearing from both of you. Yes. So things that you might have said to each other at different times. But now there's a level of humility with it. When you hear a person praying for you, that's the difference.
2: Yeah. And another thing is that I kind of picked up on is your communication. In communication, there can be a lot of different interference and a lot of static and a lot of misunderstanding. But it seems like what I'm hearing is that when you started the 30 days of prayer, it also opened up the lines of communication. And now that you're able to see each other, hearts and have more compassion and more empathy for each other as you guys started to pray together and also actually hear the voice of god Mm -hmm. gina i hear you talk to andre sometimes and i know you're all for god you want to be in this perfect world and it sounds like when you guys started praying together it positioned you in that place Mm -hmm. now that both of you hear from god on the same way now and that's what i sense from this conversation right
4: I just add the one this one thing. In the beginning of twenty twenty, I declare to the Lord it's just gonna be him and I. And I'm I'm just gonna work with him and we're just gonna get my little life together. And I also had decided that I was going to just speak life, which hasn't always been. <laughs> what I've done with this mouth. And I had to come to a reality that if I wanted something different, I'm just going to have to start speaking what I want, speaking what the Lord said. And the biggest thing, um, minister Andrea knows is just stop comparing myself. Just, just, accept me accept what I have and you know when I did that even in my own personal prayer I just begin to feel better I begin to feel better about my husband because I would compare him to people not necessarily because he was bad but because I wanted something that they had which could be could be coveting probably was coveting. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of just being grateful for what I had, because I have been given um, many times, people told me, "Jenny, you have a good husband. He got problems like other husbands, but basically, you have a good husband." And during this um, pandemic, I just really wanted to be different. I told the Lord several times, "I don't want to walk away empty-handed." I mean, I'm not talking about things. I'm talking about change in me. And yes, some of the things that he said, like before, um, when he would come close to me, I don't know, a guard would just go up. (laughs) Like, you know, if I could put my hands up, it would go up. But um, and I knew it would go up. And so he told me that he didn't like that. So if I could just go ahead and be more open. So I would just pray and say, okay, I don't know what that is. He even encouraged me to pray and ask God, what is it? Well, I haven't found out the answer yet, but I just decided I'm just going to be more relaxed. I'm just going to be relaxed. He's not... Here to hurt me purposefully. So I'm gonna relax and I'm gonna let God do what He needs to do with me during this season. And also, I wanted to say that I felt that if we did not get this prayer to uh, prayer together and our lives together, we would hold up the ministry. And we don't wanna do that. You don't want to have a ministry that's not growing, you know, because as wow. we grow, the church will grow. So that was really important to me uh, more than the marriage. It was that I will fulfill the plan of God for my life.
1: Amen. Well, this is so good. I'm always excited to hear, to hear about this because I don't really know a lot of couples who pray together consistently. I know. Like we don't run into it often. So it was just very refreshing for us to hear. You're actually doing a lot of exciting things. So before you leave, we just want you to give this, we want to give you like a minute or so just to give the audience a highlight of, of the things that you're doing.
4: All right. It's me. I'm good. <laughs> The most exciting thing that I'm doing now is my YouTube channel called Choose Life. And it was just birthed during this time where in the beginning where people were still fearful, I suppose they're still fearful. I just came out the bathroom one day and sat down with my phone and it was just really anointed and ministered to a lot of people. And the, the basis of the channel is to take a principle that the Lord gives me and really try to apply that principle and try to get others to Apply that principle. So every day choose in life, we must choose life every day because sometimes we just kind of live, right? And don't uh, be intentional about choosing things to do. And I do believe that we, all of us have to be intentional um, to choose life because we've been people that just go through life and you know, the Lord commanded us choose life, <laughs> you know? So um I've been doing that. That's the most exciting thing. And I just really want to like be right with Jesus. I'm looking forward to coming out of this uh pandemic. I said to the Lord, and I feel like that when I come out, it's go time. I want to evangelize. I want to do things more to the, the, the next level. And so for, in order to do that, I got to let the Lord, you know, do some work in me. So, I mean, I have other things but that's the most exciting one but uh, I do have the other YouTube channel called um The Get The Fab and that's when you know I go to thrift stores as soon as they let me in there <laughs> I go to the thrift stores and I pick out some really nice clothing and um you know I Tell you how to style them. And I just called them some, also some um home decor. And and my husband, he's he's become like the official, he takes my pictures and makes sure they're right now. You know, before I, we'd had to argue over that, you know, all crazy and everything. But now it's so easy. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. It's so easy. And I'm always saying like, um you know, I'm always putting in the atmosphere. Like before I used to say, I'm leaving you. But now I'm like, we're a team. We're a team. We're a team. So I'm speaking what I want. And these things are coming together. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus.
3: And I think for myself, uh, I have to agree with Pastor Gina. My thought is what does God want us to do once the quarantine is over? We understand that things are different and things are dramatically different. And there's some things that were considered normal before, which will never occur again. So now that this Uh new normal is happening and this new um, situation has arised, what is our next step? We can't, be stuck in the past while God wants us to move forward. So the goal is that um, my wife and I move forward, the church move forward. We help our family move forward to help our friends move forward. We help everybody move forward as God reveals to us what he wants done differently and how he wants things done differently. So want to make sure that we're in step with God once the pandemic comes to a close and um, life returns to somewhat of a normal Um, not to the previous normal. I don't think that'll ever exist again, but there'll be a new type of normal and there'll be something different in the atmosphere. And we have to be able to grasp that and understand that and move forward in that as well. Well,
2: Gina, James, it was great hearing from you. Thanks for taking the time out to speak to us.
4: Thank you. you. Thanks for giving us the opportunity. All right.
2: Well, thank you so much. Yes. Thank you guys. (laughs) We love you.
4: Thank you so much.
1: We'd like to thank all our listeners for tuning in. Today's podcast is sponsored by the Marriage Service Technicians hashtag MST 30-Day Challenge. We invite you along for a month-long adventure. Join the journey towards transformation in four weeks or less. If you're up to the challenge, then come along for a ride. Hashtag MST 30-Day Challenge. Visit us at themarriagetext.com forward slash challenge. We invite you to stay connected with us on social media. Follow us on Instagram at Marriage Service Techs. Like us on Facebook at Marriage Service Technicians. Subscribe to the Marriage Service Technicians YouTube channel. And of course, please subscribe to the Real Relationship Toolbox podcast. Until next time, it's the Marriage Service Technicians, Cliff and Andrea Riley, equipping relationships with tools to go the distance.